Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Rough Cut Sports Cast. Yeah, I was I was all over the place in my voice there. I was uh, I didn't really know where I wanted to be. But what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rough Cut Sports Cast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside your boy AJ Johnson. We are coming off of an incredible week of NFL draft coverage between myself, AJ, Dylan. Aaron, we were all here covering the NFL draft all week long. Ten plus hours of live draft coverage that we put in. We kind of recharged the batteries this weekend, and now we are back, okay? We are back, baby, to kind of recap the NFL draft and talk about our best picks, our worst picks, and everything in between. AJ, how are you doing today on this Cinco de Mayo day? I'm is great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling, man. It's it's uh, interesting to be back. It it feels different, right? It feels like we have, I don't want to use the word arrived because we have so much further to go on this wonderful rough cut journey. But I definitely feel like we leveled up over the weekend, man. That That draft coverage was something else. Thank you to all the fans who hung out with us. The first night was great. We did, like, I think it was like 800 plus views and engagements. Love that. Love to see it. Thank you guys so much. We didn't get to a thousand. We didn't get to a thousand followers, but that doesn't mean we're gonna stop. We're still rushing to it. So don't stop sharing. Don't stop liking. Don't stop following. The rough cut is gonna continue to level up. Boy, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I, we, last week we talked about it on that Wednesday show. I was like, I was like, you know, I'm gonna be super depressed if we don't get to a thousand by the end of the draft, and we didn't. Yeah. And I was a little depressed at that. But the way our draft coverage kind of was received by everyone, the amount of support that we had from everybody in that draft coverage, it was fantastic. And again, everybody, this is a fully interactive show. We were super interactive on that on our draft coverage. We are continuing that through every single time that you see our beautiful faces on this show we want everybody interacting talking about what we're talking about talking about what you want to talk about that's what we're here for we are the place where sports fans can be sports fans and like we said before we are covering or we're recapping the nfl draft in just a little bit as our main event aj but sir you guy you Me? you with, with a face you yeah, you with the face. Yeah, you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you. Yeah. Oh yeah, you. It, I feel like it's a theme. It's Cinco de Mayo. We've got a few Cinco de Mayo themed things throughout the show, but we've got our Fast Five, and that is also Cinco on Cinco de Mayo. Completely not <laughs> planned. But AJ, you sir, get the honor 
of going down the fast five. And this is where we list five headlines that were missed, basically, between the time the draft ended, between the time we left on Friday to now. And AJ's got it here. Are you ready? I am never ready, but we going to make it work. Ain't that right? We are going to make it work. Timer on the ready here. And a three and a two and a one. All right. First and foremost, LeBron James tried to make it back. Unfortunately, he tweaked something again in his hamstring and is going to be out for two plus games. There's a possibility he's not going to be healthy at all during the playoffs. Steph Curry is hot. So hot. This man shot the lights out. This man was balling 35 points, 12 for 20 in the third quarter. After these lights went off, he scored two points for the rest of the game. Completely turned him down. And then my Atlanta Braves. Waskar Enoa. Woo! Talk about raking one. Hit the grand slam with two outs. Shoho Otanai who? I don't care nothing about him. We got a real one there in Atlanta. And your Rangers. Boy, Tom Wilson came for that smoke, did he not? Everybody's up in arms about this man doing what he did to Panarin and uh, Buchevich and put him on the ground and face into the ice. Should he have been suspended? More than likely. But now it's okay. He's being a little girl about it. And he's out for the day. And number five, not one you missed, but one I'll never let you forget. Kyle Pitts is an Atlanta Falcon, baby. Rise up. Arthur Smith is smart. He got his guy. We are going to work those double tight end sets. We are going to be killing this 12 personnel. This offense is going to be hard to deal with. Let's just hope that defense can get it right. And I can keep going because guess what? Number six, this guy is fantastic. Y'all don't know this, but uh, my guy right here, Vinny Milani, has won the men's league in his hockey. Sorry this picture's crap, but hey, you know, I'm doing the best (laughs) I can. This guy's a a genius. He's the best. Look at this Uh, man right here. He uh, is a winner. Congratulations, buddy. He didn't score, but six blocked shots. That's huge, man. Not everybody can do that. So congratulations to you, my friend. You're on the board. You're I, on the board. Your brother's got five, but, you know, you're on the board. Yeah, my brother does have five, and that is not – it's a number that's going to be very hard to keep up with. He won another one this year, so it's like uh, – I I don't know if I'll be able to catch up to him. But one day I hope to be able to catch up to him. But I'm very happy that I had the championship. And thank you. Thank you for the uh, yeah. the congratulations there, man. I'm a, I was very excited. We went undefeated this year. We went 17-0. and we won hmm. 17 straight games this season. We did not lose right. a single one. Shout out to the average shows. Also, shout out to those threads that we have, man. Those jerseys are pretty, pretty sweet. Pretty <laughs> sweet here. But you got through it. You got through your fast five, man. How does that feel? Oh, it felt good. I never had a doubt. I knew I was going to knock it through. You taught me the ways. I had to leave some of my uh, better jokes off the board, and uh, I had to stutter over Tom Wilson a little bit because I had a lot I wanted to say about him. However, I knew that you would go in deep because you've been hot on this all together. So before we get into football, if you want to drop some of that Tom Wilson hate slash knowledge, go ahead with it. Dude. Okay. (laughs) So for everyone, and this is, again, this is a football show. I got to touch on it, man. I got to hit on it. Tom Wilson from the Washington Capitals basically destroyed the entire Ranger team, embarrassed us, disrespected us, disrespected the league with his actions that he did 
on Monday night, and he only gets a $5,000 fine, okay? That's chump change to these athletes. Only a $5,000 fine. He should have been suspended, but that's not all. The Rangers released a statement right after that the, the news came out that he was not being suspended, and the Rangers basically called out the Department of Player Safety and said, hey, George Peros, who the guy who runs the Department of Player Safety, you need to be fired because you are you you're running a risk in this league by not suspending a guy like Tom Wilson for his actions. It completely hurting the league by not doing it. And as you can see tonight, there were six fights in four minutes of hockey tonight. If Tom Wilson suspended, that might not happen. You might see a few, but that's still not going to happen. You let the league down by not suspending him. And then as a domino effect. It's a domino effect, and this is where I get hot on it, and this is what I want to tell every Ranger fan out there, every hockey fan out there talking about this, looking at this. The Rangers fired today their team president, John Davidson. They fired their general manager, Jeff Gordon, and this is a terrible decision to do. Okay, this was a terrible decision, and the reason why they did it, rumors they, uh, rumors out there, and I believe it, and you being the big basketball that you, basketball guy that you are, you're very familiar with James Dolan. James, it is rumors word on word on the street is the is that James Dolan released this statement from the New York Rangers calling out the Department of Player Safety and saying he deserves George Peros deserves to be fired. And it sounded like that there was pushback from Davidson and Gordon and not agreeing with what 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 James Dolan did. And James Dolan fired them because of that pushback. And these two guys, John Davidson and Jeff and, and Jeff Gordon, are two of the most respected guys in the league, okay? Jeff Gordon has done a fantastic job building this Rangers team. Kind of, I, I want to travel back in time here with you. I don't know if you remember me telling you this, but way back when the Rangers were in rebuild mode or were entering rebuild mode, the Rangers released a statement to the fans, letting them know that they were entering a rebuild, okay? That they might see players get traded away, but trust the process. We are trying, we're going to do this right. And I was like, dude, that's a that's incredible. Not many owners and general managers and 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 guys like that in the front office will send out a letter to the fans letting them know what's happening. But that's what Jeff Gordon did, along with making several other fantastic moves like acquiring Adam Fox, like making the moves to bring in Artemi Panarin, drafting Lafreniere. Great moves, great general manager. Bye-bye because of your boy, James Dolan. Now, Ranger fans, Ranger fans, please have patience here because there is a silver lining here and there is a... What did I say? What was in disguise? A, a, a blessing in disguise. A blessing in disguise here because the new general manager and team president for the New York Rangers just so happens to be Chris Drury, longtime NHL player. Chris Drury spent some time with the Rangers. Former, not for, now former assistant general manager, Chris Drury. His guy was just selected to be the GM for the Team USA national team. This guy has been the top GM prospect, basically, in the entire NHL. Teams like Pittsburgh wanted him to replace their general manager. Chris Jury is a gem, and the Rangers have a bright future. I know it looks dark right now. It's messy right now. I don't want to say it looks dark because they have a lot of young talent, but it looks messy. Hey. But I promise you, Chris Jury is bringing the, bringing the, the sunshine. I'm going to need Panarin to jump in the weight room, though, man. You can't be getting bodied like that. You you can get big and keep your speed and agility. I see it all the time. I you can't be getting body like that. I, I applause for sticking up for your boy. You should. That's on your team. But hey, 
I mean, I'm saying like if you're right there and it's like that, and you're gonna go into a guy like Tom Wilson, you 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 got to put some hands on, man. But of the thing was wrong. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, there's the thing is, and this is for like the non the 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 more casual hockey fans out there, and I'm sure this is like this in all other sports. I don't want to. I shouldn't single everyone out here. The old me would single everyone out. The old me would single mm. everyone out. But I'm not going to do that. There's a code in hockey, okay? There's certain mm. rules, there's certain things, there's certain actions that people do and don't do. And Tom Wilson kind of crossed that line. And that's why this is a bigger deal than anything else. I also want to give a little uh, disclaimer here that I also have the Ranger game on here. It's been chippy. <laughs> so if you hear me just like lose my mind, Oof. it's because of that. Just- just lose it PG-13. I know when you watch Rangers game, you like to be with the capital R on the Rangers. So lose it PG-13. We're good. <laughs> Big time. Big time. Big time. But enough about hockey talk. It is time to get into this draft. But first, a little word from our sponsors. What up, world? It's your boy, AJ Johnson, and the Rough Cut is now a proud sponsor of Yeti. The RC is hot, and Yeti is the only thing that could cool us down with that brand new merch. And now introducing the new King Crab Orange colorway. Inspired by the crustaceans that inhabit the northwestern coastline and honors the men and women who risk their lives pulling the crabs to the surface. Plus, The bright orange color is perfect for summer beach trips, tropical backyard decor, and gift giving for the upcoming tailgate season. So head to our social media page, click the link, and get yours now. Yeti, built for the wild. I love it, man. I'm back to bobbing with our music, bro. Oh, man, this facelift. I, I mean, honestly, I dream about these facelifts. That's how beautiful it's been. The new logo, the new the new uh, profile logo, the new backdrops, the new the new intro music, though. That thing slapped. You did a good job, sir. Thank it, you. I'm proud of thank, you. Thank you. Hey, hey, hey. It's only up from here. We are a team. But, AJ, it is Cinco de Mayo, buddy. It's Cinco de Mayo. I, I want to kind of tie this Cinco de Mayo theme here to this NFL draft that just happened. But before I do that, I need to I want to pull the curtain back because we like to have fun here. And I'm going to ask the fans this here. Guys in the chat, tell me your best. Thank you, by the way. Tell me your best Cinco de Mayo story while I get AJ's best Cinco de Mayo story because I don't drink. I don't have any good Cinco de Mayo stories because I don't drink. I'm a loser. I'm lame. I have no fun in my life. But I know AJ has some fun in his life. I know there's some good times in there. So chat, drop your good time Cinco de Mayo stories. And AJ, you come in here with yours. See, that's the problem. Like Cinco de Mayo – in America, basically what you found out about five to seven years ago, at least for me, any holiday in America is now just a day to drink. Like it has been renamed in the bars as Cinco de Drinco. And for me, unfortunately, I spent the last like 10 years in the uh, service industry. So I've basically worked every Cinco de Mayo in recent memory. And then as soon as I get off, you know, I joined the Cinco de Drinco. And all I want to do is forget the working I've done. So I have to break your heart because 
I don't have any Cinco de Mayo stories because I don't remember them. <laughs> and what I do remember is that being at work, making tacos for everybody. Like I worked in a Mexican restaurant for any like crazy- five of those 10 years. Did you see any crazy shenanigans? I, I, no, because I, I worked in college towns and those kids don't know how to drink. So they come in and they're already toasted by like 1 p.m. And we're kicking them out by 2.30 because they don't know how to hold their liquor and there's puking in the bathrooms. Oh, oh and guess what manager gets to clean that up? Like, oh my God, I'm get wasted. Let's go to yeah. Exactly what it's like. It's exactly what it's like. Tequila <laughs> all day and puke all night. Like, uh, it's gonna be bad. I'm gonna get drunk on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Tallahassee story. I mean, I know I do remember playing a uh, slosh ball one Cinco de Mayo, and that was that was fantastic. Yes, if you don't know what slosh ball is, it is actually kickball. However, there is a keg on second base. And if you're playing, you have to hold a cup in your hand at all times. So if you're if you're kicking, you actually have to finish your drink by the time you get to second base, and then you have to fill up the keg uh, from the keg, and then you have to finish your drink by the time you get home. So it's it's uh it's pretty hectic. It's a lot of fun. It's a okay. lot of fun. Okay. But okay. you basically go home and you pass out after that. So uh, yeah. Wait, that's the I, best thing, Adam. I like I like going to I like going to parties with people because I don't drink and I but I love playing beer pong. So I let everyone I let my partner drink all my all the drinks and they have a better yeah, time yeah. because of that. And then I have fun because I'm a child and I just like playing with ping pong balls. So are you good at beer pong? Um, I think I'm decent at ping. I, on a scale of one to ten, my ping pong or my my wait ping pong or beer pong beer pong beer pong scale of one to ten on my beer pong game. I think I would be probably a seven. Okay. My wife might. Yeah, I just had to know. My wife might. I just had to know because if we're ever somewhere and uh, we get a chance to have to play beer pong, I need to know if we're gonna play together and you're not gonna drink. Well, how much drinking I'm gonna do on behalf of you? So technically, <laughs> you, are, you are tied to me at the hip. We are joined at the hip because of our show. So technically, wherever we go, we are gonna have to be partners <laughs> no matter what. You're stuck with me. But let's get to the Cinco de Mayo stuff. Let's connect this to the NFL draft, man. So the NFL draft obviously came. There's winners. There's losers. We want to talk about the winners. Cinco de Mayo is a fun day. It's a great day, okay? And obviously, Cinco being five. AJ, let's get into the five winners of the NFL draft. Let's start with number five, and I'll let you take away with number five. Can I give you my one loser? Because that's who I had at number five without paying attention. Sure. Why? why, why Cool. Oh, because I hate them. I've acknowledged that I don't. You know, you've heard me talk about the Bears over and over again. They are not my least favorite organization. That would be the Houston Texans. And keeping it going with the Cinco de Mayo trends, I liken the Houston Texans to like a pinata. Grab a stick and start beating this organization because they're trash and they're crap. And their draft followed suit because they had no better choice. They didn't have a first round. They have a first pick until the third round. And then they had to use it on a quarterback. They had so many other holes that they needed to fix. And because of Deshaun Watson and all the questions up in the air, they had to pick a quarterback. They got a good one in Davis Mills, so we've been told. But think about all the other things they could have done with that draft. And ah, poor Houston Texans. I would just cry a little bit for him. Um, so sad for him. So sad. But yeah. you go. Go ahead. No, I, I, I like want to like bring up this, though, that maybe it's not – is it a terrible draft for the te- – like for what it's worth, they had to do what they had to do, right? Davis Mills was on the board for them, and you yeah. don't know where you're going to go with, with Deshaun Watson. So – 
kind of had to do what you had to do, right? Right, but that doesn't make it a good draft. I mean, like, you're in a crappy situation. Of course, you didn't know this was coming down the pipeline. But then again, you kind of did. Because even if this all these questions weren't around, Deshaun Watson already told you he didn't want to play for you. He already said he wasn't going to play for you anyways, no matter what you made him do, no matter what the conversation was. So you could have addressed this problem and had yourself situated at this point, but you didn't. And now you had to, had to take a quarterback with your very first pick. And it wasn't even a first round guy. Imagine having a first round pick and getting one of the top QBs that was on the board some way, somehow. But that's not what happened. You had to pick a guy on the, on the uh, second day with your very first pick. And you move on. Now, you did get Brevin Jordan, who we were waiting to get off the board. That's a great tight end. But you know what? He would have been much better with a Deshaun Watson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't seem like yeah. it's going to happen. So. Yeah, that, that it doesn't. Right. It, it doesn't. So I'll kick off the yes. top five then. I'll kick off the top five. And so I want to I want to pull the curtain back again. I want to pull the curtain back for all of our lovely. It's always open, buddy. Curtain's always open. Today, this week has been a busy week. It's been a crazy week again. It, uh, it seems like it just as the show picks up, it gets crazier and crazier. So AJ and I are kind of like, we're kind of roughing it on this Cinco de Mayo fast, uh, <laughs> this Cinco de Mayo five winners of the draft here. So AJ and I, I think we came to a conclusion on one and two, but yeah. three, four, and five kind of fluctuate here. So this might be like a surprise for some of these picks for, for AJ and I, but I think number five, Oh man, I think number five might have to be the Baltimore Ravens. I think, I think I think number five, I would pick the Baltimore Ravens here. The draft that they had, where they were able to select uh, Rondell, not Rondell Moore, uh, Rashad, Rashad Bateman. Bateman. They yeah. they select Rashad Bateman, and this is a guy that we we talked about so much uh, before the draft, saying that that the Ravens need to get Rashad Bateman, and sometimes like. I don't think enough hype was made for the Rashad Bateman pick for Baltimore because it was what they needed. It was the right thing. But that is such a big piece mm -hmm. to that puzzle for Baltimore. Then you get mm -hmm. Jason away for with your second first-round pick. They didn't need to replace uh, Orlando Brown. They didn't need to replace that left tackle because Ronnie Stanley's coming back. They already yeah. have that coming back. But then they addressed the guard position in round three with Ben Cleveland. That's yeah. a solid pick as well. And I know this player got a lot of heat towards the towards his senior year or his final year at Ohio State, but then they also oh. selected Sean Wade. And this is a player that him. when he's used properly, he can be very good. And in that with that defense in Baltimore, I think they're going to be able to use him properly. You have what Marcus Peters and you have Marlon Humphrey as your two lockdown corners. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean Wade's and, and, not going to have to come in here and play on the edge like he did at Ohio State when he was when he was knocked on. He's going to yeah. be able to line up in the slot where he is best, and he's going to be able to perform very well. And you look at, I mean, th this is a big thing. So you got Marcus Peters, you got uh, Marlon Humphrey, you, those two wide, those two cornerbacks right there, and you got Sean Wade. You look at the receiving groups in the in the NF or AFC North, Jarvis. Odell Beckham and a third wide receiver for Cleveland. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. Juju Smith-Schuster, Clay, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of teams in that NFC, AFC North that have three sets of wide receivers that can do damage. Now you have Marlon Humphrey, you have Marcus Peters, and you get Sean Wade as a late round pick, a mid to late round pick right there. I like it, man. Baltimore at number you, five. 
I'm glad you kicked it off because I couldn't find a spot for them in there. And I really liked what they did. Um, and, you know, Sean Wade was the second cornerback they took. I don't know much about Brandon Stevens, but they got him in the compensatory picks and uh, in the third round. And also the receipt, they got another receiver. So you brought in Sammy Watkins, you draft Rashad Bateman at the top, and you also got Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma state who yep. this guy, everybody swears by him. People were waiting for him to go off the board uh as well so i they they drafted very well like they just checked off the boxes round by round and they got a lot of good players out of it too and and say what you will about sean wade and how he got demoralized by Devonte smith but who didn't he is still a great he is still a good cornerback and, and once he <laughs> develops the right way and and i think baltimore's defense is a great place to do that uh yeah. he's gonna he's gonna have some he's gonna have some clout in the nfl so i'm glad you kicked it off that was a great pick for sure Number four. Yay. All right. Number four. I guess I will go right. keep up with I will keep up with my uh Cinco de Mayo trend since I went with it. So, and you've heard a couple of these, but number four for like me. Have, I feel like I should have mariachi music behind this. <laughs> it would be fun, but it Number four. Uh this Cinco de Mayo trend, I'm gonna call it a hundred percent agave tequila. Smooth. You really like it. You know, at Ooh. the beginning of Cinco de Mayo, you're like, oh, 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 it's a day for tequila. We are going to enjoy Cinco de Mayo. That team for me is the Denver Broncos. You look at their offense. Their receivers are coming back. The Cortland Sutton, the, K- the KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy. They got Noah Fant. They drafted Javante Williams. That is beautiful. You think about their defense. They drafted Patrick Sertan. They got um, Jesse Bates back, right? Yeah. Uh, no, that's a uh, – yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their defense is going to be top 10. They look really, really good. That's a 100% smooth agave tequila. You are excited. But then you really think about it, and they got Drew Locke at QB, maybe Teddy Bridgewater, and you're not excited about that. And you wake up the next day from a horrible, horrible hangover because you believe this tequila was not going to was gonna do you right, and it didn't. The beginning of the season, they look so good. You're so excited. When the end of the season comes by, you are going to be feeling that Denver Bronco uh, hangover for sure. Uh-oh. I don't, Uh-oh. I don't know about that. I don't know if the Denver Broncos had a because man, I'm I'm very you torn. Know, so 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 let's go back. So Pat Sertan, they drafted yep. number one, great yep. cornerback to short that secondary. Javante yep. Williams, we know our guy Aaron was really high on him, and if you watched our draft coverage and any of the NFL draft coverage, you know a lot of other people are as well. Yeah. Then we spent the day the whole night waiting on this pick Quinn Maynard's the center out of uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. He's a brawler. People were ready for him. And then they got linebacking help with Baron Browning out of, out of Ohio state. He's a great linebacker as well. And if you want to go on a sleeper pick, the safety Jamar Johnson out of Indiana, he was a part a big part of the reason they were number 10 for a long time uh, last season. So they put together a very decent draft and they got your boy, Kerry Vincent Jr. You can't be mad at that. <laughs> I love that pick, man. He is one. We really, I, I, I dropped my, my, I, I know I was supposed, I was supposed to drop everyone else's picks that they had for, for that idea that I had, yeah. but uh, I have yet to do that. <laughs> but I did say Kerry Vincent Jr. was going to be the steal of the draft. And I think it's going to happen. He did end up to Denver. I guess, I guess I got to give you that one. I, I guess they put, I guess. To get, they put together a pretty decent draft. You know, it's the same as any other team, though. Are they going to pan out? That's all we have to wait for. Are they going to? Yeah, pan out? it's it's going to be tough, man. I mean, 
that whole quarterback thing has to be brought up with 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 Denver. Is Drew Locke going to be the guy? I don't I don't know. I I have a really tough time getting getting with that Drew Locke pick. Uh, at number three, though. Uh, yeah, at number three, though, and I I want to drop some honorable mentions here that that I that I'm not going to be able to do. I want to throw the Dallas Cowboys out there. I want to throw the Dallas Cowboys as an honorable mention. Okay. Getting Micah Parsons, it was it was after losing out on all the cornerbacks in that draft, it was yeah. tough, tough for them. It was really tough. This is why they're an honorable mention and not on the list list. They still get Micah Parsons, arguably the best defensive player in this draft. And then in round four, you get Jabril Cox. You and I, we were talking about him during the second round of the draft. We were like second and third rounds of the draft. We were like, when's he? We were predicting him to go places. And he didn't end up going places. This was the best cover linebacker in the draft, according according to most scouts. He was the best cover linebacker in the draft. And then they get they get him. They don't pick up Leighton Van Der Esch's uh, fifth year option, so they could end up having a Micah Parsons, Jabril Cox line like uh, linebacker group, also with Jalen Smith on there. That's a scary line. That is a scary yeah. linebacker group, man. That's yeah. really good, man. That is really, and then they're not, they, they all do something different too. Micah Parsons can get after the quarterback and also play that linebacker position. Jabril Cox could do, could, is that cover linebacker. Then Jalen Smith can kind of do both those things. So for the Cowboys to be able to land that in the fifth round and Micah Parsons as well, it sucks that they weren't able to get that cornerback help that they really needed. They got Kelvin Joseph. I'm not crazy about him. I maybe because I don't really I don't know enough about him to be crazy about him, but lucky defensive late man. And it it could it could end up working out for him. It could, but I still have them as an honorable mention, not on this list. (laughs) I want to I want to at number three. I want to give it to the Carolina Panthers. And I'm this might come as this might be crazy because they picked JC Horn with that with that top ten pick a cornerback that maybe they didn't need. Well, they needed them, but like there were other needs that they that they could have addressed. I think this was a fantastic pick right there in the top ten. J.C. Horn being the best cornerback in this draft, according to well, I mean, we all had J.C. Horn very, very high, Great for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and then and then they go down the list. Terrace Marshall had a lot of injury concerns, and he made him drop. Mm-hmm. I went on the record on the show, and I said. I think Terrace Marshall could be this year's Justin Jefferson. And that that might be like an easy thing to like not an easy thing to say but like a cheap thing to say just because they're LSU guys, they're both uh, they're both LSU guys are similar in stature things like that. I think that Terrace Marshall ends up being that kind of guy replacing a Curtis Samuel in that offense, replacing that the the targets, the volume that Curtis Samuel had. I think that was a great pick. And then the most underrated pick here Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. I'm not crazy. (laughs) I'm not crazy about him, like as a player in his like his college system. But Christian McCaffrey goes down. If Christian McCaffrey goes down, you're gonna need that running back to step up. And it's not crazy to say it's not crazy to say CMC is gonna get hurt. You have to you have to be prepared for that. And getting a guy like Chuba Hubbard is going to be a great addition to that. He's your Mike Davis replacement there. And Dylan's guy, they drafted Dylan's guy as well. Tommy Tremble, a tight end, a good blocking tight end, a great. Uh, that was my underrated right pick there. for them. 
That so, was my underrated pick for them because if you remember during the show, uh, we had Marshawn Tate on, a uh, friend of uh, Aaron's, a friend of the show now at this point. Yep. And man, I don't know, it was Mac Miles, wasn't it? Who couldn't take it. He couldn't take what Carolina was doing as Mac Miles. And they never got a tackle. The second round comes, they don't get a tackle. He's livid. They take Brady Christensen, the tackle out of BYU in the third round. But then with their second pick, they get Tommy Trimble, who's a great blocking tight end who can also do some things. So uh, do some things in the receiving game. So they still address their line, but in a different way and something that worked out for them. So uh, I really, I really like, I like what they did. I, I agree with you. They, they, they came out suspect in the beginning. You were wondering if they knew what their yeah. needs were. However, they, they capitalized on it. I think they got some really good picks up top and then solidified it with some of their needs later on in the uh, in the draft. So I, I'm all right with that. Yeah, okay with that. maybe like as as we go through this and like we said before, guys, like we kind of we're kind of picking them as we go with this one. I think I would put the Baltimore Ravens. I would swap the Baltimore Ravens and put them at three. I really yeah, like and, the Baltimore Ravens. Them at five. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that, too. Like that. <laughs> Maybe maybe you just move everyone down, put Carolina at five. The Broncos come down to three, even though you don't agree with that. And Baltimore at four. I would, say, where you're at. I would definitely say Baltimore had a better draft than 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 uh, Denver, though. Oof, I, I would know, say Baltimore had a better draft than Denver. Everyone in the chat, okay. drop us who you think uh, had the best draft because we're getting into the top two here. We're getting into the top two. We want to hear from you. And also, just to remind everybody. Share the show, okay? Let's get this chat buzzing here. Let's yeah, get this right. show bumping. We're getting into, we're about to get into the main event in just a few minutes. We want you guys to start pumping, okay? So Cinco de Mayo, oh. top two best drafts. Let's go, AJ. Who's number two? Number two. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> number two in the top five draft is number two in the actual draft, the New York Jets. In keeping out with my trend. This is like the enchilada plate. You know, this draft was great. They they got you, you put an enchilada plate in front of me. It's going to look delicious. I'm going to be super excited. The flavor is going to be potent. You're going to fall in love with what you just ate. Right. That's what the what the what the number two Jets did here. They got their quarterback in Zach Wilson. They trade up to get Elijah Vera Tucker, your guy, your My favorite guy. guy. And then Elijah Moore falls in their lap in the second round. And we know they could have used some wide receiver help. Now, you like to pick with Michael Carter in the fourth round. Then they got another Michael Carter in the fifth round, a cornerback and a running back. Uh, now, that cornerback issue is where I start to think about them falling off. Because as much as you love this enchilada plate, as delicious as it was, once they get on the field, if you're thinking the Jets are going to be great, you're going to do exactly what you would do after eating an enchilada plate and go to the bathroom and take a shit. And that's what these guys are going to do as the Jets. Because that's what the Jets do. They didn't get enough secondary help, and that's going to come back and bite them. The AFC East is, I mean, yo, the Patriots stocked up on some weapons. You got Josh Allen. We know what they did last season. Miami just got Jalen Waddle. Um, didn't they take another tight end, or did they stick with Mike Gusecki? I think they stuck with Mike. I feel uh, either way, they got some, they got some offensive weapons that they're going to have to guard, and they didn't do that. They did get some good safety help. You know, I love my hands on Dean, but however. I'm I, I don't I they, they still got a ways to go. Really good draft. They've taken the right steps for a new regime. Oh, they got Hunter Long. The right thing. Yes, they got Hunter Long. So yep. there are weapons all over this AFC East. So we'll see a lot of offense. But if you ask me, all those other teams, they have a pretty decent defense. The Patriots are getting all their guys back. Buffalo's they 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 solidified their edge, getting uh Carlos Bashman, Gregory Rousseau in the first two rounds. 
So it's gonna be a little, gonna be a little difficult for him. It, it is, and that 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 division is good, man. That division is gonna be good, man. And but number one, uh, could be the best division in. No, I'm not gonna say it's the best division in football. Yeah. Number yeah. one, it's the team that we have been just. It's just weird saying it, and we said it before with we, we, the draft and, and during our draft coverage, we were like, "It's weird saying the Patriots have more holes to fill than the mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns." And the number one draft is the Cleveland Browns. They were the big winners in this draft because they addressed every single need that they had one by one. They were just picking it off, picking it off. Great talent players. Yeah. Picking it off one by one. Started with Greg Newsom, the cornerback out of Northwestern. Honestly, in round one, we were all like, okay, they're, they they have Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa fall to them. Then they take Greg Newsom, and we're like, eh, I don't know how to feel about that. But it's a good pick. It was a good, it's a solid pick. Their secondary is going to be really strong. Grant yeah. Delpit, uh, Denzel Reed Ward, William. Reed Williams coming back. Greg Newsom there. It's a solid secondary, but we were like, really probably could have used Jeremiah Wosu koromoa And then Jock falls to them in the second round. Pick 20. The sure, they traded up a little bit. And there was news, and we were waiting on this type of news to come out for certain players. And the news came out that Jock was kind of dealing with a heart, uh, a heart, I don't want to say issues, but there was something going on with with uh, Jeremiah Wosu koromoas heart that kind of scared teams away from drafting him so high. And the team that we were like should have drafted him in the first round ends up getting him in a steal, in an absolute steal in the second round. So not only do they get the guy that they should have drafted in round one, they get Greg Newsom as well. They get two first-round talents for the price of a first and a second, and then they move on. They get one of the fastest wide receivers, the fastest wide receiver yeah. in this draft class, and Anthony Schwartz from Auburn, who's going to come and in. luxury after that. Exactly. It was, honestly, it was almost luxury at that point. Yeah, yeah. Was, like, realistically, the start of this draft, it was almost luxury. And then they draft, yeah. they draft Anthony Schwartz here, and it's like, we, we talked about how every team in the AFC North is has three solid wide receivers. Anthony Schwartz can come in with that speed, hit him with the speed, Odell Beckham Jr. Then you got the consistency and the solidness of Jarvis Landry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, man. This one, this this question, let's head to the chat real quick since we finished our tops. And I agree with you. We, we were on the same page with the number one uh, draft team. But Michael Sherman this this question gets me because I want to say he's wrong, but now after the draft, I think about it. So Michael Sherman says, although an NFC team won the Super Bowl, I feel like the AFC is way more stacked than the NFC. Do you think that some of these AFC teams wish they played in the NFC for an easier road to the Super Bowl? And I started thinking about it. I was like, what? The NFC is definitely more stacked. And that might have been the case last season. I don't know if it's so if it's the case right now. You know, I think about all the losses you take in the NFC South. And what, what the defense looked like of the Falcons, the, the Saints just lost their quarterback. The NFC East got a little better. You know, they put together some teams, the Dallas Cowboys. You would expect them to be back on the radar with the defensive draft they just had. The Giants had a great offseason and then capped it off with some things in the draft, adding a weapon in Kadarius Toney. Um, I, I don't know if they're I don't know if I'd say they're more stacked. They did a good job in the AFC drafting and filling some needs, but let's man. 
let's uh let's 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 play a little let's play a little game here you want to play a little game always i always want to play a little game here let's play a little game let's let's do this let's think a little game let's play a little game thanks to michael sherman here let's uh let's do that here let's close this question down here and uh, work some stream yard magic here and uh you know boop and wop and wop okay so we're gonna go team by we're gonna count rangers scored by the way it's about damn time uh, we're going to go team by team. We're going to count how many teams, how many Super Bowl contending teams. Yeah. Super Bowl. Content, how many, how many good teams are in each conference? And then we'll, we'll answer this question right here, right now. Right. Seattle Seahawks, obviously one. Yes. Yeah. Rams two. Good team. Cardinals three. Okay. 49ers four, right? Yeah. I don't that know t- if he gave all four. Are you, yeah. are you ready to say the Cardinals are a good, good team? I think I mean, so. Like, okay. All I right. think so. I think I'm I definitely, safe to say that. I definitely give you three. I, I, I worry about the Cardinals falling off midseason again like they did before. Okay, but, so we'll we'll leave those question yeah. marks. We'll leave those question mark teams yeah. out. So three so okay. guaranteed three teams so far. Well, okay. do we want to guarantee the 49ers though? Absolutely. You I mean sure? Yeah, man, because the only reason they were bad last season was because their whole defense got injured in the first two weeks, and then their quarterback and George Kittle went down in week eight. You expect that entire defense back, and that's another Super Bowl contender. And worst-case scenario, Jimmy G can't get it done, and then a new height of Trey Lance comes in, re-energizes the team, and you have to think that they can do a lot of things. If If you pick up on the scheme that Trey Lance ran at North Dakota State, State, North Dakota State, it is very, very similar to what I, I think Kyle we should. I think, I think we should be considering the Cardinals then. I think we should be considering the Cardinals then, just because we're talking good teams here. Because okay. I don't think I don't think the 49ers are Super Bowl contenders. I think the Seahawks are and the Rams are. But if we're talking Super Bowl contenders, but well, let's just go by good teams here. Good teams to make this NFC stack. So we got four good teams here. The Saints okay. are good, right? We still mm-hmm. consider the Saints good, or are we dropping them off? I don't without having who they have at quarterback, I can't say they're good. Okay. I don't know who's at quarterback. They've so got a Buc- lot around them. Bucks make it five. Bucks make it five. Yep. Panthers, I don't want to put up there yet. I don't I, I I just let's just go guaranteed. I want to put the Falcons up there at six. I think that it, it, I can't go against it. That defense, man. Is it's concerned. It, it is. We got some pieces to help, but do they do they make it We're over talking- the hump? We're we're talking good teams here though. So Falcons are six, Washington football team seven, Cowboys are eight. I'm not considering the Eagles or the Giants. And then you got the Packers at nine. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going away. Uh, I don't don't think Aaron Rodgers is going away. Huh? I don't think he's playing for the Packers. I think he is. I think he is. Let's just pretend he is at this point here. You got nine teams. Then you got the Bears. I think the Bears got to be considered, right? No? No way. No? no, no, okay. So I we're still not that. We still have nine <laughs> Vikings. No, and we'll say Vikings. No, we'll say Lions. No. So nine teams in the NFC that are good, and obviously okay. we love going off the rails here. We do. We love going off the rails. This is what we're doing here. Addressing the comments is what we do on this show. Addressing this comment here. So nine teams. Remember that number. Nine teams Got in the you. NFC nine that are teams. good. I wrote it down. Don't worry. AFC now, the Titans are a good team. We go one. The Colts are a good team. We go, are we not considering the Titans or the Colts? The Titans lost so much on that they defensive did. side. They, they did. Didn't, I don't think they addressed the wide receiver position. 
Um, they ch- I, 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 I truly worry about the Titans this season. I truly worry about really? the Titans this season. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I truly do. I think there's still a good team, though, that we have to consider. I think they're still good. At this point, they're still a good team. We haven't seen them drop off yet. So we go one with the Titans. Uh, you want to go one with the Colts? This is so tough. It's tough here on the AS. I'll give you the Colts for sure. I okay. believe in the Colts. I think they'll bounce back. So we got so we got two. We're not giving the Texans, and we're not giving the Jaguars yet. The Bills are three. I think the Dolphins are at four. I agree. Okay, Dolphins are four. We're not considering the Patriots and not considering the Jets yet. I would right? consider the Patriots. Really? I don't know if I consider the Patriots. All, just... their, all their defense oh, is back. Yeah. Look at the weapons they added, and it's Bill Belichick with weapons That's again. That's true. So five right there. Five right there. The Steelers are six. Yep. The Ravens are seven. The Browns are eight. Yep. Okay. Not so the then the Chiefs are nine. Yep. The, the Chargers are good. Would that be 10 with the Chargers? Do we break the tie with no. the Chargers? Yeah, I think you do. Um, but so my question with the charges is we knew they were good coaching played a lot of, uh, downplay with them. And I hate to say that because, uh, you know, for what it was worth, he, he did as well as he could. And now yeah. I don't and know they what, have, um, they, they do have a new coach and uh, I can't remember his name. Damn it. I, um, I just heard it earlier too. Uh, Staley. The guy from, yes. Brandon Staley. Brandon that's Staley. It. Yeah. That's yes. it. Staley. So, and, and that's the question is, is he going to be good? So, yep. But I'm I'm willing to break the tie because if you think about their losses as it always is with the Chargers, you're talking two or three points. Okay, and, uh, that's what it comes down. You know they're a good team. They're just the ball could have bounced a different way, and the coach could have done some better things for him. So, how do you feel about Racy McMath, wide receiver? I think he was out of LSU, right? Yeah, I mean he wasn't even their first receiver drafted, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't feel too good about him. Well, well even though. <laughs> So to go back to the question here, and again, we're a fully interactive show. You drop any questions, your comments, your concerns throughout the show. We will yeah. try to address it, but we also have might have final countdown at the end of the show. But that addresses it. It's a 10 to 9. So it is close. It is close, I think. I think I'm based on the thought process that Aaron Rodgers is still there. I think I still rather play in the AFC because if you ask me who I fear in the AFC right now when I get to the playoffs, the answer is the Chiefs. I feel like I can beat everybody else on the right day. I feel like the Chiefs give me the hardest issue. If yeah. you take me over the NFC, I worry about I worry about the Bucks, all their weapons and their defense that they just made better. I worry about Aaron Rodgers because he just keeps doing it. That's assuming he's back. Yeah. Um, I worry about uh who'd I just uh, I worry about the 49ers. I'm telling you, if that defense is back and they're healthy, we know what they can do. Uh Nick Bosa coming back is a big deal. You think about um if Richard Sherman hasn't, he just was talking today about how he's not done with the 49ers. There's a chance that they bring him back, but they put him on hold until after the draft. So I think there's more teams that I don't know if I'm going to have a good shot at beating in the playoffs in the NFC than there is in the AFC. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Great, great, great question. Great conversation. Love when we have the chat buzzing like that. As always. But it's time to enter our main event. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! Yeah. Gets me so hyped every time. AJ, 
It's time to get into our main event. We're kind of going deeper, a little bit deeper into this draft. We've got to round out the show in just a little bit. But it's main event time. It's time to get into it. AJ, I want to kick things off in the top 10 picks. We're going, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I want to know from you, since it was not released, I want to know your biggest, your best pick of the draft. What was your favorite pick from the draft? Ooh, my favorite pick. It it it's got to I know you know the heart answer, but mine is mine is going to be the Trey Lance to San Francisco. Like Shout out the I, fit, no way. Sorry. <laughs> Shout out the All right, peace. I, I was the conversation, and you know we really we really thought it was a lot of a smokescreen, but uh, the conversation about them taking Mac Jones three overall to me would have just been dumb. Like you would have set your team back so far. So I'm really happy that that's not the way they went. I think they gave themselves a much better chance with Trey Lance. <laughs> no rhyme intended. And uh, I like that pick a lot. I think they're going to do some good things. He's a perfect fit for their scheme. He's a perfect fit for this new NFL. And if Kyle Shanahan ever wants to be the guy who keeps up with the times, this was the pick. Taking Mac Jones just because you're used to a pocket guy was not going to get you what you needed. Yeah, I I think I I like that pick a lot. I think that was that was the right pick to do. I think that with the with them going, we talked about it before, man. Like you have to be on, you have to be. We we talked about it before the draft. We we're like, hey, okay, the best spot for Trey Lance is a spot where he can sit back and potentially learn from somebody, learn the game a little bit more, sit back, and have the time to be able to learn an, a new offensive system. And I think that's going to be a good thing being in San Francisco under that Kyle Shanahan-type offense where he's going to be able to learn. And that's really the best fit. That's one of the best fits in this draft. I think the, one of the other things, though, is <laughs> I think one of the other picks that I want to bring up as a good pick would be the Chicago Bears trading up for Justin Fields great pick because i think that that was one of those moves that like you had to do you went you went through this entire offseason where you, you didn't get deshaun watson you didn't get aaron Rodgers, you didn't make any moves to bring in another quarterback you brought in andy dalton andy dalton and nick Foles. you don't want to go into a season with those two guys and they were aggressive moved up for justin fields and then they sprinkled in a little tevin jenkins in that second round which helps a lot but Where my they were favorite, supposed to get it one anyways exactly exactly so i think my favorite pick other than trevor lawrence of course because well the jags Obviously. well yeah but i really think that my my favorite pick would be that justin fields pick i think that's a great move i think that's a great move what's the worst pick from this draft aj what was your what was what was the pick that you saw and you were like yeah here I'll I'll even help you out here. I'll even help you out. What yeah, was the worst please. pick that made you go? <laughs> and then made you think, uh, let's do one of these little numbers here. Yes, I <laughs> love trash. If you really want to see something trash, you it's back. I love it. Um what team man. had the trash pick of the draft. I know where you fall on this. However, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's true. You're not. I'm I'm going to go with, uh, and we knew it would be this team, actually, the Raiders with Alex Leatherwood in the first. Like, I don't I don't understand that one. I think you could have done. No, nope, you know what? I will leave that alone because we expected them to be horrible. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Packers and Eric Stokes. Now, yeah. this is a decent cornerback, but he's a, just speedy. You know, when you think about the Georgia cornerbacks, 
Tyson Campbell is well ahead of Eric Stokes when it comes to the talent you're going to get. And you can argue that you already have Jair Alexander. Let me tell you something. Having two big corners is better than just the one because when they just trade over here and you got a Rashard Bateman that they're messing around with in an interconference divisional game or something like that, and he's jumping all over your five foot eight speedy corner, what are you really going to do about it? So I think they should have gone a completely different route first off because if you're going to go corner, get the best corner on the board. Secondly, hours before this pick, you're hearing Aaron Rodgers wants to leave. Even if you think it's not true, get this man what he wants. Get him help, get him a receiver, get him a lineman. Worst case scenario, you're setting your backup Jordan Love, who you invested a first-round pick in last season. You're setting him up to be successful if he has to be under fire this season. So I'm going to go with the Eric Stokes pick. You could have done better. And honestly, I see why, if it's true, why he wants the GM fired. Like, he's not doing right by him at all. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't, it was that pick and there was kind of two picks jumped, uh, to, bundled in together there with that pick and then the Peyton, what was it, Peyton Turner? Peyton Turner, yeah. The guy that the, the, the Saints picked, that one, I, that one I would also throw there, but I really want to bring this comment up here. And I don't know where you stand on this, but... I don't know if it's the fact that they saved their asses with selecting Aziz Ojolari with the second round pick where it could be swapped. If you said the Giants in the first round got Aziz Ojolari and in the second round got Kadarius Tony, I'd be okay with yeah. it. But the other way yeah. around is what makes it questionable. I don't know if I hate this pick, though. And I wanted to bring I, it up where your where your head's at. Um, so when it started, when it happened, we were all shocked. We were all like, are you kidding me? And I think that was because everyone expected them to grab an edge or a defensive player at that number 11 spot. When they traded back, it was clear that they wanted a weapon, you know, except for the fact that Devontae Smith was no, cause the Eagles moved up. So it was clear that they wanted a weapon. And I understand it. When you think about it, you're, you're trying to, at this point, set up daniel jones to have options i think you're right about them saving their ass and getting aziz ojalari in the end but a Kadarius tony allows them to do so many different things it allows his offense to to be fun you know and, yeah. and it's been shown that players have players play a little better when they're having fun doing what they love and if you're in that nfc least division last year nothing was fun about that you know, barely making it to seven wins, not knowing who was going to play when it came down to it. And then the last week of the season, you had another team hold your destiny in its hand and tank and, yep. <laughs> and you missed the playoffs. So, yep. you know, this this way they're like, you know what, that's not happening again. We're going to get some more offense, put some more points on the board. And also when you think about it, you're watching Dallas just get another defensive player. And Micah Parsons was great. You're Blowing watching up. the Eagles finally get some offense. You're competing. And I, I think I think this pick ended up being okay. So I didn't hate it. It was questionable. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it went and to make a selection here on the worst pick of the draft, though, for me, I'm not crazy about the Pat Fryermuth pick to the Steelers. I this is this has nothing against Pat Pat Fryermuth. It's more about the Steelers selecting him instead of maybe like an offensive lineman. You look at the offensive linemen that were still on the board for the Steelers at that point. You still had a Creed Humphrey on the board that went to at 31 to the Chiefs. You still had him there. You lost Marquise Pouncey on there. 
Tell could you tell me off the top of your head who the Steelers center starting center is? I cannot. JC <laughs> Hassenauer. Ooh. Exactly. Exactly. So you take <laughs> Najee Harris with your first with your first round pick. It it kind of shows that you're trying to be aggressive in that 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 run, you're trying to get that run game back. And where do you want to run? Not only do you want to run east and east and west, you want to run north and south. You want to run downhill for Najee Harris. You run right right through the tackles, and you don't draft a Creed Humphrey. Instead, you draft a Pratt Fryermuth, who you brought it up earlier for uh, who was it? The, the uh, block you're talking about it earlier. Carolina Panthers. Yeah, Tommy the Panthers. Yeah, we're talking about Tommy Tremble going to going to the Panthers for the blocking. The Steelers get that with Pat Fryermuth, but it's not. There's other holes on that offensive line that you could have addressed right there with the Creed Humphrey. So maybe it's not the I should maybe I shouldn't rank this as the worst pick, but it's it's still bad. You still had a guy like Creed Humphrey there that you could have taken instead of Pat Fryermuth. I mean, you have Eric Ebron. I see you're going with the blocking tight ends, but I would have I would have went something I would have went something different. I would have went somewhere different. That's what I would have done. That's what, that's what I would have done. Last last uh last quick question. For the draft, for the main event, before we start rounding it out, this was a fast show. Holy shit! This feels this feel show. Did this show feel fast to you? It did, it did. But it's because we had so many, so much great content that we we're just balling. You know, we, we had it all covered, man. We're professionals at this point. I told you, we leveled up after last weekend. We leveled up. This is what we do. <laughs> Semi-professional professionals. Is that what we're at with the what Aaron said? Something like it. Semi-professional like it. professionals. <laughs> out of this draft, I'll make you think about this one. Mm. Out of this draft, who is the most improved team? You really are making me think about this. Yeah, who's Holy the most crap. improved team? Oh, what a douche. <laughs> I am. I am. I think I, I think I am the biggest douche out of them all. I, I think I, I'll take, I'll take it from you. And this yeah, goes go back to kind of our Cinco de Mayo one uh, with the team at number two. I think yeah. the most improved team has to be the New York jets. You were what, what were the jets last year? Two and 14, just one <laughs> game last year. They were two and 14. They get so their sad. franchise quarterback. They get their, their, uh, a star, my favorite pick of the, my personal favorite prospect of the draft, Elijah Vera Tucker. They get him as well. They're, they got a lot of pieces to fill those holes. We talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they did in the draft. I think that the Jets did it right. Urban Meyer in Jacksonville kind of went with his guys. He went with what he wanted over kind of filling holes. Which is I'm not saying is wrong, but I think the Jets yeah. did it right where they filled those holes, starting with their quarterback position, then getting Elijah Vera Tucker, stealing Elijah Moore in the second round, getting a Michael Carter, getting all those all those safeties. I mean, that is something that they needed to address. Obviously, the cornerback position is still a concern for them. But they filled so many holes. They had a lot of picks in this draft, and they filled those holes right. Okay. 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 Not okay. bad. Not bad. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. You know, you did still make this pretty hard, but uh, I think <laughs> part of me kind of wants to go. Part of me wants to go with the Chargers. Yeah. Like, only because so th to be most improved, they didn't have to do much, you know, and 
And I like what they've done. You're just hoping that everyone stays healthy. You know, what was a big deal we needed? We knew round one, pick 13, they were going to get themselves a lineman. And they got arguably the best lineman in the draft with Rashawn Slater. Then they go on the other side of the ball and they get Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round, which I know him from Florida State, and you know him from having that name. He's a great breed coming from a great breed. And I think that's going to help. You pair him back up with Derwin James, who you're hoping can stay healthy. Then you you replace your uh, you replace your tight end with Trey McKitty, who in the you got him second in the third round. Now a lot of people may not know much about Trey McKitty. That's because he he played the transfer portal a lot that was, in college. But was another FSU ahead. guy. That was another former. He FSU. started at FSU and then he moved yeah. to Georgia, and he didn't get as much play as you'd like. But he's one of those raw talent type of guys. He can spread the field. He he's not going to be your every down blocker type of guy, but he he can do a lot of the things Hunter Humphrey did and Humphrey did. Hunter Henry did, and uh, he can do them. You fast. just mix Adam Humphreys and Hunter Henry together. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And then they added Chris Rump, who's an edge out of Duke. Um, and being the ACC guy, I've watched this guy fast, hard hitter, and loves, loves, loves to be the team guy, loves to be a leader type of person. And that's what you kind of need in that young that young defense has kind of taken a change. You know, I don't know how much longer Melvin Ingram is going to be there. Joey Bosa is about to hit his prime prime if he can stay healthy too. So I think they did a lot of good things on that uh, for the Chargers. So with the, with the lack of being able to really look it all down and you taking the Jets, I'm going to go that route. <laughs> I think I was that was that was the that was a good call. I, I really love the Rashawn Slater pick, and I, I yeah. was the only second round. That was the only second third round pick that I actually predicted correctly, being Asante Samuel Jr. to the Chargers. <laughs> but I know I said that was the last one, but I'm gonna have you dig deep here because I had this. I, I had a request uh, from one of my guys here, Chris, uh, big fan of the show. We again, we appreciate everyone who watches the show and supports the show. We really do appreciate it. Uh, but. Oh, no. I had a question from him asking us to kind of dive into those late round, those mid to late round guys. So if I had to ask you, AJ, your favorite prospect that was drafted in those middle rounds, let's go Mm. rounds three through seven out of those prospects there, who, who was your favorite pick slash landing spot? Which one kind of came together and you say, it's great, great move, great fit, great move. Had you not thrown in landing spot, I would have been really happy uh, because I don't like where he landed. But honestly, it wouldn't have mattered who went there. So I I wouldn't have liked him. I'll just do the honorable mention part for this one. And it will be um, Brevin Jordan. But he went to the Texans. Poor guy. I'm so sad for him. Poor guy. (laughs) Poor guy. But if you want to go four through seven, I will do a homer pick here. Uh, Seventh round steal for the Atlanta Falcons. Wide receiver Frank Darby out of Arizona State. I don't know how he I don't know how he lasted to the seventh round. I don't know how he lasted to the seventh round. All this guy did at Arizona State was catch touchdowns. He burned the defense and caught touchdowns over and over again. And he he looked like he did with ease. So for uh, Arthur Smith, who is an offensive minded coach, he comes in and not only does he get Kyle Pitts, he also he also got another receiver in Frank Darby. So now you look at it. Julio Jones will be the yard muncher throughout the season. Calvin Ridley will be that super guy. Kyle Pitts is the yard muncher. Yard muncher. (laughs) Yeah, you know how he is. 
13 <laughs> receptions, 162 yards, no touchdowns. But Calvin Ridley will have like five receptions for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Kyle Pitts is going to have like seven receptions for 90 yards and two touchdowns. And Frank Darby is the type of guy who will probably have two catches for 36 yards and two touchdowns. He's yeah, that type of he's that type of uh, offensive weapon. So I'm really liking what he did on the offensive side of the ball. Frank Darby should be good if he gets playtime. Where are you? Uh, where are your feelings at for the running back position for the Atlanta Falcons? So, yeah, you got Mike Davis. That's pretty I, much it. Edo yeah, Smith. Well, no, we released Edo Smith. If I'm not mistaken, we picked up Mike Davis. Yeah, he um, did pick. Yeah, 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 Mike Davis. And and I think we also signed another running back um, it, so from the undrafted back, free agent. Your running backs right now are Mike Davis, Quadre Quadre Olson, James or uh, Tony James Tony Brook James, Javion Hawkins, and Caleb Huntley. Yeah, so I'm not too excited about our running backs. <laughs> you, know, I, you, you know, I was hoping that we would address that in the second round. Um, but you guys, the, the Najee and Travis Etienne were taken in the first round, much like the first round mocks that they had uh, right where they were supposed to, Najee, and then, well, Travis was supposed to go to the Jets. But either way. And then yeah. we had, um, I was hoping a Javante Williams would be a steal. You know, I yeah. was hoping a Michael Carter could have been a steal. Uh, but there were so many other ones we could have stolen and we didn't get. Elijah, uh, he went to the San Francisco 49ers. Elijah Mitchell would have been a good running back. He's probably a great steal for the draft, Trace too. Trey Sermon went to but, the 49ers. You know, Trey Sermon also went to the 49ers. They, I don't know why they want eight running backs. Yeah, that's probably because they all get hurt every every week. It's um, messy, messy and, and if Gainwell to the Eagles would have been a good running back. So I don't know why we didn't address it during the draft. You know, we look at all the picks that we had. We could have, I mean, we needed we needed so many holes though. So I understand. Maybe they believe in Mike Dar, uh, Mike Davis, and the way he ran last season, and Arthur Smith knowing how to use his center and, and guard and the two tight end set to make a running back look good. Of course, Derrick Henry is going to do it either way. So I'm a trust in this first year, and maybe we'll get a much deeper running back class next season, and we'll go ahead and grab two or three and drop. James Davis Brooks and Quandre <laughs> Ellison and all that. I, 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 I want. I'm glad we kind of moved towards the, like the questionable side, and then this will be the last, my last statement here. Middle round, and, and this will be like the opposite of what you did with the middle round that you liked. You know, with the middle round that I didn't like, okay. and Chris obviously brought up this question. He's a big Jags guy, so I'm going to dive deep on a middle round Jags pick that I absolutely do not like. I get why they made it. He's Urban Meyer's guy. They really wanted him, but it just doesn't make any sense and it's the tight end that they drafted out of ohio state and luke farrell i don't get this pick because luke farrell is known as a blocking tight end okay that's what he's specially known for from ohio state is being that blocking tight end he can catch passes i mean what tight end i can't really catch passes but he is his specialty is to be a blocking tight end. And I know that everyone has brought up, Dylan specifically has brought this up a lot, that the the Jags are going to trade for a tight end before the season starts, which is definitely possible. I see it being in David Njoku because I'm honestly at this point where I am with the Jags, the Jaguars and Urban Meyer only select and trade for players that Urban Meyer tried to recruit. Okay, that's how Mm -hmm. this works. If Urban Meyer tried to recruit them, then that's how... Are you frozen? Are you just dead? No. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. What? I was zoned in. 
I was zoned in because I was trying to think. I was, <laughs> I was trying to help your point out and was thinking about why this pick made zero sense. You well, think about all the all the, the um, tight ends the that were left that we could have picked. Well, the t- they 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 pat. Not only do they pass on Brevin Jordan, he goes to Houston in a few picks later. Brevin Jordan mm-hmm. is that pass catching type of tight end that they should have gotten there, but they didn't. They chose to go with Urban Meyer's guy in Luke Farrell. In Luke Farrell, who is a guy he recruited, and again, like I said, I'm judging Urban Meyer's moves now just by if he recruited the guy. David yeah. Njoku is that type of guy, but they passed up on Brevin Jordan to pick Luke Farrell, and this isn't even mentioning the fact that the Jags signed Chris Manhurts in free agency, another yeah. fantastic blocking tight end when Jonu Smith was out there, when uh, when uh, who was the other tight end? Hunter <laughs> Henry was out there. Two guys yeah. out there that were out there that were, that were like, okay, the Jags got a blocking tight end. This is okay. Well, they, they'll address it in the draft. They'll get that kind of pass-catching tight end in the draft. Nope. There was no way. The, the, the only other option was Brevin Jordan, and instead they took Luke Farrell. <laughs> Luke Farrell. Hey, man. But Travis Etienne and James Robinson are going to have holes to run through all day long. Yeah, that that's that's what I'm hoping for, and that's what I was I, I keep bringing up and using as the silver lining here for the Jags. Urban Meyer has drafted and someone I saw some idiot po- and sorry no I'm, I don't hold back any punches. I saw some idiot the other day post on this Jags fan page saying that fire Trent Balky for these picks that he made all this draft. These aren't Trent Balky's picks. He's a puppet mm-hmm. in this, man. I'm telling you, he is a puppet in this. He might he might have some say. He's a general manager. I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has some pull. I would hope but so. <laughs> he's letting Urban Meyer get the guys that Urban Meyer wants. Luke Farrell, for example, he recruited the I mean, guy. He knows his parents really well. He knows the family. He knows the life that oh TJ shout out TJ Oshie. His father passed away. Uh very sad news. He just had a hat trick, scored an empty netter in this game. Very special moment. Sorry. 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 Understandable. Uh, get but. It. Get it. I, the Jags, I mean, for, your, for your Jags, I love your first three picks. I, I don't like when they got Travis Etienne, but I like that they got Travis Etienne. So as much as I can hold that pick against him for taking him in the first round, I like that you got him. I think you should have gotten Travis Etienne. You know, because I would hope that if y'all left him for us, we would have took him, but. We'll never know, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't like the Walker Little pick. Way too early for him. I do like your Andre Cisco pick. After that, yeah. I could care less what you guys did because nothing else really stood out to me. And I think I honestly think from round four to round six, your picks were very, very questionable. Yeah, you know, there were a lot of better players on the board uh, from what we've evaluated. Not from what I mean. It's not like we've been yeah. at camps and watching these guys play and interviewing these guys or anything. And again, this is Urban Meyer's system. He's getting the guys that he wants. So we're going to have to trust that score. Rangers scored. Fantastic. Makes it four to two. Unbelievable. (laughs) Hey, first goal for Morgan Barron. Let's go. That's it. You guys about to make the playoffs now? No, they're, they're, they're mathematically eliminated. Uh, Last question. Uh, What do you think? Will they'll have to give up for a tight end? I think the Jags to get a guy like a David and Joku. Uh, I would say a fourth round pick. Maybe. Maybe. No Maybe player going back? Maybe a fifth. I don't think I I don't think that there's much. Because I mean you look at like a Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz asking price right now, from what I've seen in the rumors, is like a fifth round pick. 
That's it for Zach Ertz. Ertz? Yeah, it's just his contract. I think is the is the bad part. So I think maybe Yo, maybe a fifth, maybe Zach. a fifth and another maybe a fifth and a seventh for David and Joku, fourth and a sixth, something like that. It could be it, it could be something like that. So I mean. Either way, I think the Jags could end up doing that and could end up making that happen. But that concludes our draft coverage. We're on the fast track now to the playoffs, though, AJ. Playoffs, NBA playoffs tomorrow. We're hitting the hoop. We're we're hitting the court. That sounds so lame. We're hitting the court. We're hitting the court, baby. We're hitting the court, guys. Playoff <laughs> basketball talk. We got playoff basketball talk tomorrow. AJ's going to be here. Aaron's going to be here. I'm going to be steering the ship here. I'm stoked to get into some basketball talk here as well. 8.30 tomorrow right here. It's going to be special. But, AJ, we haven't done this all day. This is kind of our last hoorah for the NFL draft, so we kind of got really buzzed on it. But I need you. Well, yeah. no, realistically, next week we're going to talk NFL schedule more than likely, so it's going to be another thing. Oh, true that. AJ, I need you to load up those hands. Uh, can I see them? Can I see your? Can I see your palms? Knees weak, palms sweaty, arms heavy. There's vomit on a sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. Drop bombs. I'm forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking now. Everybody's joking now. Clocks run out. Time's up. Over. Plow. Snap back to reality. Hope there goes gravity. AJ, pay the bills for him, please. I want to keep on rapping at that rough cut underscore underscore sports on Twitter at rough cut sports on Facebook, the rough cut sports cast on Instagram. Hit those likes, hit those follows, hit those shares, get that heart going, then head over to the YouTube and leave us a like, hit that subscribe, hit that bell, get notified when we drop that hot content at rough cut sports cast. And then tell everybody, everybody, short arm, everybody. And, of course, we are brought to you by Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs, whether that be signed jersey, signed cleat, signed helmet. They got it over there at HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com. And we appreciate the support from our beautiful friends at the network, the Belly Up Sports Network. Go check out the – oh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you were so close. It's oh, so, so proud Belly Up Sports, though. Check them out. Check out all the great shows over there at Belly Up Sports. We appreciate them. Uh, we appreciate them supporting us. And who wouldn't want to support us? You should support us. Go check out those links. Go check out our socials. Share, share, share. Let's get to 1,000, baby. Let's go. Please. Please. Let's get to 1,000. Let's go to 1,000. Yeah. AJ, got any last thoughts before we uh, kind of close out the show? No, nah, man, I'm hyped for tomorrow. Ready to go with this basketball talk. These playoffs are gonna be dope. I'm excited. It's gonna we 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 about to be bringing some heat on hockey and basketball. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. It's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. So fun. So so fun. So fun. <laughs> it's gonna be real fun. <laughs> are we closing it out? This is how we're closing it out, guys. This is how we're closing it out. Everybody, tune in tomorrow. 8.30, we'll be here talking NBA. AJ, myself, Aaron Mukes will be here. And you know, it's going down, okay? It's going down. Thank you so much, Rough Cut. We're so proud.
His palms are sweaty, knees weak, weak arms are heavy. He's falling on a sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking now. Everybody's joking now. The clock's run out. Time's up, over. But now snap back to reality. Oh, there goes Beanie. <laughs> he's so mad, but he won't. That's it. That's it. We're done. That's it. No mas. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Rough Cuts Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow at 8.30 for AJ. I am the one little bitty. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.